Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpackers. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 76. My confessor and I were having a spirited conversation the other day when he came to hear my confession and give me spiritual direction. He and I aren't just confessor and penitent, but we're also friends. Because we're friends, we get into deep discussions on fine points of theology and cover topics that he doesn't ordinarily get the opportunity to discuss with a layperson. It's refreshing for him to be able to do this. It's refreshing for me to converse with any priest of the living God, but I have to admit a certain affinity for this particular priest of the living God. One of the issues we discussed dealt with pro-life matters. As we talked, I realized the next episode of The Cantankerous Catholic was in our conversation. That's what we'll talk about this week. Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a Holy Orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, The Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic isn't even a year into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 16 countries, all 50 states, and 101 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2019 was 24% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other broadcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each show's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today by filling out the form on the Sponsor Kit page at cantankerouscatholic.com or email Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. Before I launch into the intended topic, I want to explain something on a personal level. I speak a great deal about morals in these episodes. I know that it may often sound like I'm preaching and being holier than thou. Maybe I sometimes seem even judgmental. Despite how it seems that I'm being self-righteous, judgmental, or Mr. Super Catholic couldn't be further from the truth. Fact is, I'm the absolutely worst Catholic I know, and the reason for that is because the only soul I have intimate knowledge of is my own. So when I talk on moral issues and liturgical abuses, I'm speaking from a purely objective perspective. God doesn't pay me well enough to judge souls, only objective acts. Come to think of it, he's been a little tardy in the money department, too. I'll have to talk to him about that. 
In case you're wondering why I get preachy and moralized at all, just remember that we all have tasks God has chosen us for. For some of you, it might be that he's gifted you to become someone who encourages and motivates people to do the right things. For others of you, it might be teaching kids catechism in their parish. Maybe you're chosen to write books or articles or public speaking. Maybe you're just called to be one of those souls who just sits there soaking up the things everyone else is doing. There are places for all those things, you know, as well as an infinite number of other things. According to Paul in Romans, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. The gift he gave me I've only seen in a few other lay people. The gift I've been given is ordinarily given to a priest, but I only know of one today who fully and fearlessly exercises that gift. You met Father Altman in the episode two weeks ago. But what he gave me is a pretty special gift to be able to learn and absorb Catholic teaching until I'm like a walking Catholic encyclopedia. I made a fortune and was considered a prodigious expert in my chosen profession while in my 20s, but I could never absorb the things in my field then like I can Catholicism now. That makes it pretty certain I have a God-given gift for learning about the faith. He also gave me a gift to teach our holy and ancient faith, and since the very beginning over 30 years ago, he's chosen not to use me on a parish or diocesan level, always all over America. So I'm just doing my job when I get preachy and seem self-righteous. And every day I hope and pray that you get something out of what I say every week, despite my human frailties and flaws. Speaking of which, let's get started. A really big issue in the church over the last 45 or 50 years has been abortion. Everyone in society has labeled it as a Catholic issue. I suppose it's hard to deny it's a Catholic issue because the vast majority of pro-life organizations combating abortion were either founded or are operated by Catholics. As Catholic pro-life organizations go, I generally have two major problems with most of them. The first of those problems is, I have a suspicion that they aren't really all that committed to putting an end to abortion. After all, if, when, Roe v. Wade is overturned, there'll no longer be a need for these groups to exist, yet the vast majority of them have pension plans in place for their employees. If you're committed to stop abortion as quickly as possible in order to save babies, why do you need a pension plan? After all, the entire idea isn't to retire fighting abortion, but to end it long before there's a need for retirement. Beside the pension plan thingy, another piece of evidence causing me to be suspicious of these groups is a combination of commitment and involvement. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Within the last few years, there were a series of pro-life bills in the legislature of my state. A conservative activist I know keeps her eye on the legislature in order to alert the rest of us when something important is going on. She not only alerted us about these pro-life bills, but she also alerted both state and national pro-life organizations because getting these measures passed was going to be tough. Not one of those pro-life organizations responded to support the legislation, but there were a few that actually weighed into the legislature against the bills. We were all scratching our heads over that one. 
When I say we, I'm referring to those pro-lifers who don't get a paycheck for battling abortion. But there's something about the we that needs to be stated as well, and it's probably going to tick off more than a few people. I'm going to make a declaration about the we that shouldn't be perceived as a judgment because I don't know the state of anyone's soul. However, my declaration is most certainly an objective observation based on natural law and the public admission of surveyed Catholics. According to the Guttmacher Institute, 98% of Catholic women admit to the use of artificial contraceptives. So if you call yourself a pro-lifer yet fall into that 98 percentile, you're hypocritically referring to yourself as pro-life. Artificial contraception is every bit as much a perversion of nature as is abortion or homosexuality. It's akin to proclaiming how you're so devout as a Catholic while walking into a church of Satan for a worship service. The two are incompatible. Likewise, you cannot at the same time be a self-proclaimed pro-lifer and a user of artificial contraception. Murder perverts natural law because natural law says all innocent humans have a right to life. That makes a murderer a pervert. Homosexual behavior perverts natural law because we're created in two sexes so we can perpetuate the human species, something that's impossible through homosexual activity. That makes a practicing homosexual a pervert. People who use artificial contraception pervert natural law for the same reason as homosexual activities. That makes those who practice artificial contraception perverts too. Well, the nerve of that Joe Sixpack calling me a pervert. Just because he says I can't use contraceptives doesn't make it so. You're right. Me saying it doesn't make it so, but God's saying it since the dawn of time does. God's very first command to us in Genesis 1.28 was to be fruitful and multiply. He struck down Onan for contracepting in Genesis 38 verses 9 and 10. The earliest extra-biblical church teaching document, the Didache, also condemned contraception. The constant 2,000-year teaching of the Catholic Church, which speaks with God-given authority as shown in Luke 10.16 and other scriptures, has always condemned contraception. The most widely known modern condemnation was Pope St. Paul VI's Humanae Vitae and Evangelium Vitae by Pope St. John Paul II. So it's not Joe Sixpack who says the use of contraceptives is wrong. It's God personally and through his chosen voices throughout history. To be fair, many people operate in a state of confusion because one priest may have told them they can't use contraceptives while another told them they could. There's an old adage regarding disagreement of priests in the confessional, when doctors disagree, the patient is free. So it's understandable that a deficiently catechized laity from the past 55 years would feel free to choose on their own to contracept. But you need to remember that many things in Catholic morality are moral absolutes, and contraception is one of those things. If you went to a priest and asked him if it was morally acceptable to walk up to a stranger and blow his brains out, what would your reaction or thoughts be if the priest told you that was perfectly morally acceptable? You'd not only think he's nuts, you'd also know he was wrong. 
we all know that murder is absolutely wrong. Likewise with contraception, it's always wrong. There's never a time when contraception is acceptable. In fact, contraception is so badly a perversion of natural law that it used to be illegal in every single state. Like suicide, which is also a violation of natural law, statutes against contraception aren't enforceable. Also like suicide, though, we still had laws against it until the 1930s. It was the sexual revolution making its way from Europe to America that caused us to begin accepting contraception. Let's be clear. God's moral law is merely the natural law he created that's been elevated to a divine prohibition and has soul-damning consequences if we violate them. The violation of natural law is always sinful, but not all violations are mortally sinful. They won't all get you punished with eternity in hell. Unfortunately for 98% of Catholics, contraception is one that will get you punished with eternity in hell. But Joe, we're more enlightened now. We've changed. Society's changed. Everything's changed. Surely God understands that. If we're to believe him, God doesn't have any understanding for change at all. The only way he can be God is to be perfect. Perfection doesn't change. Perfection can't change. If perfection could change, it wouldn't have ever been perfect in the first place. According to Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In other words, because he's God, he can't change. That means his laws can't change either, because being unchangeable means not being able to change his mind about anything. To emphasize the point, Paul follows up with verse 9. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. Anything you're told in or out of the confessional that's contrary to the church's constant 2,000-year teaching is wrong, even if you hear it from the mouth of the Pope himself. So the point is, God doesn't have any understanding for change. Society may change, but God and the things he expects from us never change. If you're one of those 98% of Catholics who contracept, and if you want to improve your chances of making it to heaven, your currently perverted and morally irresponsible situation is easily remedied. It can be done in three easy steps. The first thing you need to do is repent. That means stop using contraception this second. The second thing you need to do is make a good confession as soon as possible. Don't let a disloyal priest tell you that you don't need to confess the sin of contraception, as some are going to do. If he tells you that, he's wrong. If he tells you that, tell him I'd be happy to debate him right here on this podcast. Fortunately, most of you don't have that problem because disloyal priests are much more rare than the media would have us believe. The third thing you need to do is replace contraception with one of several various forms of NFP, or natural family planning. At least two of the NFP methods available are even more certain than the pill, and one of them can even be used in reverse to help a couple conceive when they've been having trouble doing so. I'll be sure to include links to good resources in my show. Now it's up to you to make a decision. Do you want to obey God, or do you want to be a pervert? What did Billy D. Williams, 
The celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross. Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity, how the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Flag and Cross. Star Trek actor and LGBT activist George Taki issued a veiled swipe at author J.K. Rowling this week when he said that those who defend so-called biological sex are actually scientifically ignorant. Yeah. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to Breitbart. Islamic terror group Boko Haram massacred a village in Nigeria's northeastern Borno state, killing at least 81 people. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3. Hats off to LifeSite News. New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo, his Attorney General Letitia James, and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio are being sued by two Catholic priests from upstate New York and a trio of Orthodox Jewish congregants from Brooklyn for violation of civil rights by prejudicial orders and selective enforcement. The federal lawsuit charges the governor, attorney general, and mayor with violating the plaintiff's rights to free exercise of religion, freedom of speech, assembly, and expressive association, and due process under the First and Fourteenth Amendments to the Constitution. Governor Cuomo was also accused of acting against New York state law and the New York state constitution. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to Western Journal. An NFL employee whose job could be in major jeopardy has decided to take a knee during the customary playing of the Star Spangled Banner before football games. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to Blabberbuzz. Minnesota Representative Elon Omar received an impromptu history lesson from Senator Ted Cruz of Texas on Twitter. The radical far-left squad member who represents Minnesota's 5th Congressional District, which includes Minneapolis, the location of the fuse which lit the country's current unrest, defended the toppling of a statue of Christopher Columbus. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. 
Guess what our bishops in the USCCB are doing through the Catholic Campaign for Human Development now? All of these riots across America and the defund the police movements in places like Minneapolis and Seattle are being partially funded by the U.S. Catholic Bishop Social Justice Arm. Keep in mind that many of these groups advocate killing police officers, and some actually have. The Lepanto Institute, which has been a real painful hemorrhoid on the tush of the USCCB for years by exposing how the bishops are bankrolling abortion, contraception, and illegal immigration with your money, recently exposed evidence the bishops have taken an active stand against our nation and the first responders who protect us. According to documents uncovered by Lepanto, one of the organizations financed by the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, also called CCHD, the New Orleans Workers' Center for Racial Justice received $150,000 from the CCHD over the last three years, including last year's grant of $50,000. On May 30, the Lepanto Institute reported New Orleans Workers Center for Racial Justice posted a video on Twitter of a protest they were participating in chanting, Death to Racist Pigs, about police. The Workers Center of Central New York received $200,000 over the last few years. On May 29th, the organization wrote on Facebook that these riots and lootings are taking back what the masses of working black and brown communities are owed. Riots and protests are necessary tools and we fully support. An injury to one is an injury to all. Additionally, the Workers' Center explicitly and publicly called for defunding the police in a Facebook post earlier this month. Both the New Orleans Workers' Center and the Workers' Center of Central New York display a clenched fist as their logo. As the Lepanto Institute pointed out, the clenched fist is a hallmark of Marxist revolution. The third group working to undermine the rule of law in the United States that the CCHD has financed is the People's Lobby Education Institute, based in Chicago. The CCHD gave $165,000 to the group in the last three years. Through social media, the group repeatedly called for defunding of the police as well as the defunding of prisons. Just what we need, no cops and convicted felons roaming the streets when they should be in prison. That makes a lot of sense to me, doesn't it you? The Workers' Defense Project received as much money from the CCHD over the past three years as did the People's Lobby Education Institute. In a tweet, the group accused Houston police of murdering people of color with impunity, followed by the obligatory call to defund the police. The organization also praised homosexuality, a practice that Catholic teaching says is an act of grave depravity. Several other groups funded by the CCHD have signed a solidarity letter from the Immigrant Justice Movement, which called to dismantle the police state by defunding and decreasing police budgets. The CCHD claims to provide the Catholic faithful with concrete opportunities to live out the love of God and neighbor in ways that express our baptismal call and continuing Eucharistic transformation.
Additionally, the Bishop's Catholic Campaign for Human Development states that it's pro-family, pro-life, and pro-community, and will never do anything to undermine that commitment. It's unclear how support for the end of the rule of law in the United States supports pro-life, pro-family, and pro-community, but they say it does. While the CCHD funds radical organizations, the CCHD in turn is funded, as the USCCB points out, by the generous support of Catholics in the United States, especially through an annual parish collection. In a previous investigation, the Lepanto Institute found that at the very core of the CCHD is a philosophy of revolutionary leftist ideologies. The 2015 investigation looked at several groups funded by the CCHD, giving an idea of just how Catholic money is being funneled to communist, pro-abortion, pro-homosexual front groups. The CCHD director is Ralph McLeod. He served as a city council member and mayor pro tem in Fort Worth, Texas. While serving in Texas government, McLeod gave a political endorsement to radical pro-abortion politician Wendy Davis when she announced her run for state senate against the solidly pro-life incumbent Kim Brimmer. McLeod also spoke at an event celebrating the election of Barack Obama in 2008. The Lepanto Institute commented, Just listen to what McLeod said about how this celebration of Obama's election is a great day where we will see a new Jerusalem and justice will flow like water. McLeod is still the director of the CCHD. It's important to state here that while Ralph McLeod may not be a communist himself, though I seriously suspect that he is, the network of the CCHD-funded groups pushing radical ideological agendas under the banner of justice clearly follows the Marxist paradigm and has since the founding of the CCHD. Ralph McLeod is very much a part of that. We six-packers are proud Americans. The Church teaches us to love our country, the Constitution, and our history, even the bad parts of it, because our history is what makes us who we are. Without our history, which these rioters are attempting to destroy before our very eyes, we're no longer a country. We're just a collection of people, stores, and service businesses. Ralph McLeod and his minions at CCHD should be investigated by the U.S. Department of Justice. They should be indicted for abetting insurrection, sedition, and perhaps even treason. Then they should very publicly be led from the USCCB-owned properties and chains. After all, they're responsible for the deaths of men and women who have sworn to serve and protect us and our communities. You can bet Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy is going to be urging the DOJ to investigate and indict, and you should be too. Not everyone is going to have the courage to write, call, and email the DOJ and Attorney General Bill Barr. I get that. But there is one thing you can do that isn't scary. You can demand that every dime you give the parish stays in the parish. You have to be specific. 
You see, each parish is taxed by the diocese, and each diocese is taxed by the USCCB, and the USCCB gives a portion of the money it collects to the CCHD. So tell your priest that 100% of your money is for, say, the parish electric bill or water bill. Don't allow one damn penny to go to the USCCB, eventually making its way to the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. On the evening of her wedding day, Cecilia, a rich, beautiful, and noble Roman maiden, renewed her vow of consecrating her virginity to God. The heart of her young husband, Valerian, was so moved by her words that he received baptism. Within a few days, he and his brother Tibertius, who had been brought by Valerian to a knowledge of the faith, sealed that faith with their own blood. Cecilia was accused of being a Christian. The threats of the pagan prefect didn't weaken her love for Christ. Do you know, she answered him, that I am the bride of my Lord Jesus Christ? Cecilia was sentenced to die by suffocation, and she remained day and night in a hot air bath that was heated seven times its usual temperature. But the heat had no power over her. The executioner was sent to cut off her head. She'd so impressed the executioner that he didn't want to perform his grisly task. With trembling hands, he struck three blows at her neck in an attempt to remove her head. Three blows were all that was allowed by law, so Cecilia lay there fully conscious for two days, joyfully waiting for her crown of glory. 
On the third day, the agony was finally over, and the virgin saint gave her pure soul back to Christ in A.D. 177. Other Catholics buried her just as she lay in death, with her partially severed head facing the floor and three fingers of her right hand and one finger of her left extended as proof of her faith that there is only one God in three divine persons. About 120 years later, her body was exhumed. It was found in the same position and completely incorrupt, meaning that her body hadn't decayed at all. St. Cecilia died rather than betray her faith in the Trinity. Her act of faith is miraculously preserved even to this day. Is your faith as deep as St. Cecilia's? Help your fellow Catholic six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show it more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.